This is my co-host, Kara Kittrick. Uh, how are you doing today, Kara? Good, good. I'm just, I'm just chilling here. Nothing new and exciting in your world? Chauncey, who do you think you're talking to? I don't know. Somebody who's, I live vicariously through you. So, I mean, it's like. Hmm. No, I'm, I'm. Nobody lives vicariously through a 46-year-old man with three grown children. You know? 90 year olds i guess no they still want to be you they still want to be in their 20s they want to be young and beautiful and looking for love do they i I guess i guess they probably do i most people most people who have this sort of like nostalgic like uh thing see i want to be 12 like if i could go back in time and live in a moment forever it seems like everybody wants to be something from 17 to 22 yeah. But if I could go back in time and live in a moment forever, it'd be drinking straight from a two liter, eating pizza and watching Doctor <laughs> Who at three in the morning. You know, it's like quite right. But see, I think normally when people say stuff like that, they're not envisioning themselves being, you know, 12 or 17 or whatever. Again, they're envisioning themselves as they are now with all the knowledge they are now have now just with the responsibilities and health of a much younger person. That's like they want it all. But. I don't uh, want to go back to being 12, you know, I because I had like 12 year old problems, which now would be easy to deal with. But yeah, 12 year old problems are aren't problems. Well, there they are. If you're 12, I was at my oh, okay. first <laughs> of all, I got to talk about the two things you just said. The first thing was they want to go back as they are now. Most of what I want to get rid of is the knowledge I currently have okay. of how much life sucks. <laughs> Okay. You know, well, I, I think you're back different. To a time I think where, you're different than the norm, <laughs> where there was hope. You know, <laughs> where Doctor Who really might change the world on PBS. You know, see, I think it would be cool to be like, you know, fifteen or something, but with all of the like accumulated knowledge I have of being, you know, twenty nine, so I can rock people's worlds. You know, be writing college level essays and stuff. And, but you know, I don't want to go back to being 15 as I was then because I already did that and it sucked. Yeah, well, I know exactly why you want to do that. Go well, back oh, and be 15. Yeah, no, that, that is true. <laughs> yeah, know? okay. But even like leaving aside... Throw in the, drinking blood, man, and I'll do it in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, well, throwing us throw aside the transness of it all. Hmm. It's still... That's not what I was <laughs> referencing. What I was referencing oh, is the eternal youth and the and the... And the 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 vampiricness of it. Oh yeah, I guess. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be a teenager forever. I would want to be, you know, like Claudia. Twenty forever. Claudia You're, was like super. Was like in the, what, in the nine, movies she right? was like thirteen, but in the Whoa, in the book okay. she was like eight or something, wasn't she? I've never actually seen the movie. I've only read the book. So yeah, in the book she was like a really young child. Yeah, yeah. The movie was good, but they're making yeah. a series of it right now. Oh. And okay. personally, this is uh, any movie fans out there are probably going to mock me, but uh, Queen of the Damned was also good. I, I have not seen it. Aaliyah was awesome as the Queen of the Damned fan. She was perfect. She made up for a lot of the other stuff just by being so cool. 
I, I believe you. All right. Kara, do you have any news for us today? Yes, I do. So in the Rotterdam Ocean Coast shipyards, a yacht is nearing completion that will be the largest super yacht in the world. The identity of its owner was unknown, but has since been revealed by journalists to be Jeff Bezos. But there's a problem. The only route to the sea is blocked by a historical bridge. Uh, most ships can fit under it no problem, but not this one. So the city has agreed to temporarily demolish a portion of the bridge, they say, for no more than two weeks until it is rebuilt. This has locals in an uproar, and 20,000 people have uh, have joined a Facebook event to throw eggs at the yacht from the canal edge as it leaves for the sea. Ocean Co. says this project has brought a lot of money into the city, but locals are unimpressed. Said the organizer of the Facebook event, quote, normally if your ship doesn't fit under a bridge, you make it smaller. But when you happen to be the richest person in the world, you just ask a municipality to dismantle a monument. That's ridiculous. The author of a book about the bridge said to the New York Times, quote, it's a working class town and they all know that Jeff Bezos exploits his workers. So people say, why should this guy be able to demolish the bridge for his boat? Even having a super yacht, just the mere fact of having a super oh, yeah. yacht is like, nah, I don't know. Right. Yeah, no, Can I, I say I screw you, Jeff Bezos, on the radio. You know, I, I don't know. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, yeah. I, I was going to say, you know, I'm pro luxury. I'm a hedonist. I think it's good for society to have luxuries. I think it's good to have fancy restaurants, you know, totally. yeah. fancy, big budget movies, fancy, you know, hotels, whatever. It's pretty much all regular, I live for at this point. Right. You know, regular people or even people who are like well off, but not ridiculously so can on occasion avail themselves of those things. A super yacht is something that only has any worth to people who are just obscenely wealthy. And I don't think anyone should be allowed to be that wealthy. And so it it irks that there's like these entire industries that are just funded by a few thousand people who are ridiculously rich. You know, what about their needs? Let's cater to their needs for yeah, yeah. Know, gigantic it's, dreadnoughts. It 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 is weird because I, I think the core of the problem is that we create people who, you know, in, in what world do you need to own the super yacht? I can only think of one world where right. owning the super yacht is kind of acceptable. And that is, I have a business that rents out super yachts <laughs> right. to people, you know? <laughs> yeah. And therefore, you know? I own one, you know? Uh, but... Right. Yeah. Nothing are you, against are you the guy such who a super, super yachter yacht. that you need to own the damn thing. Right. And I'm pretty sure like he has other super yachts. So huh. it's like he needs one that's the biggest in the world. Like, how much time are you actually going to spend on this thing? Right. You know, to be fair, though, where do you draw the line? Because let's take a look at Jay Leno. You know, sure. Jay Leno collects classic cars and I think he has mm -hmm. like 60 cars. So here's somebody, right. let's say he doesn't have a super yacht. Maybe he does. I don't know. But let's pretend he doesn't for the sake of for the sure. sake of the <laughs> equation. You know, is is somebody collecting 60 supercars? Super yacht territory. I'm just I kind mean, of asking out loud. I, I don't expect no, yeah. uh, an answer. We all have different answers to this. Is there a word yeah. like rhetorical that means like, I know we all have a different answer to this? 
yeah, I guess rhetorical, but it's, yeah, I, I think we would all draw the line in different places, but I, I think where you draw the line ultimately is based on how everyone else in society is doing, right? So, like, I think if everyone in the world was living like a medieval peasant and 10 people in the world had, you know, the standard of living of, like, of, Jay Leno. <laughs> or even just, like, of a upper middle-class suburban American, right? Sure. That, that, to me, would be obscene because everyone else is, you know, living in huts, right? So, I, to me, it's not about the super yacht. If, if we lived in a world that was just, like, so plentiful for resources that everyone could have a super yacht, then, mm-hmm. heck, that would be great. Like, who, who doesn't like the idea of a super yacht? Obviously, we will never live in that world because resources are finite. But my, my problem is, is not the thing itself, but the massive disparity, right? Yeah, I, I just couldn't imagine, even if I was infinitely wealthy, that my wife and I would basically be all, are you thinking what I'm thinking? <laughs> right. And she's just yeah. all, we need to build the world's largest yacht, even bigger <laughs> than our other yacht. And then I'm that's all, not that's what exactly I would what I was thinking. Okay, let's say you had a hundred billion dollars, and for whatever reason, there was no expectation because, like, you're a decent person, so you would give away ninety nine percent. Just decent, but, but go ahead. But right. like, let's say there was no expectation whatsoever. Like, there was no need for you to give it any of it away. Let's say everyone, no one else in the world is suffering. You have a hundred billion dollars. You can get whatever you want. What do you do with that? And nobody needs it. I yeah, guess no, no one else unless needs I needed it. <laughs> right. You know, but there would be no point where I needed to own a super yacht. Now, don't get me wrong. I know I feel the need to throw this out now that now that we have haters online, but um, we have haters you know, online? just because I huck out an opinion. I'm just thinking out loud. I don't know. Maybe there's some sort of perfect world of like where we all have super yachts and we're all friends and stuff. You know, maybe that exists. I don't know. But at this point, I know I'm I'm just uh, I'm and I don't know if it should be illegal, but because of the super yacht, let me put it this way. Because of the super yacht. Jeff Bezos and I can't be friends. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I think that was maybe not in the cards already. Is it because of my lack of a super yacht? <laughs> yeah, I, I think he only he only <laughs> hangs out with people who are, you know, 50 million dollars and above. Oh, so but almost, you there. know, it was funny researching this and reading the comments on different media because most comments on most sources that were reporting on this, because everyone was reporting on this, was like, ah, we hate Jeff Bezos. Ugh, so, so disgusting. I go to the article on Fox Business. The comments are like 90 percent. Hey, he's bringing money into the city. And like if he has the money, then he to ought that. to. Yeah, I mean, there is truth to the idea that like this isn't that big of a deal, actually, for the town. Like the bridge is going to be rebuilt is, is all that's fine. This is not about that. Right. It's not about the bridge. It's about the fact that the people there hate billionaires, yeah. which yeah. to me is reasonable we should all hate billionaires but you know a lot of people don't i guess because they think that one day they'll be a billionaire i don't think we should hate billionaires i think billionaires should not be so hateable i think i'm okay with billionaires as long as they're 
not billionaires for long because they get rid of the money. <laughs> right. Well, that's exactly <laughs> my position too. Like I can't think of a scenario in which it's ethical to have a right. billion dollars and because you can live comfortably for the rest of your life on a teeny tiny fraction of that. Like if right. you don't want to work anymore, I'm not going to begrudge you that you made a billion dollars, but like, yeah, totally. You don't need all of it. Just I want to be around. That. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, he made, and, he made Amazon. He doesn't have to work if he doesn't want to, but he should give away 99.9% of what he has. Yeah. Like his ex-wife. Um, the. Uh, crap. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, people are crazy. People are weird. Move on. Move on. <laughs> Moving okay. on. Okay. So new clues are starting to appear about who suffers from long COVID and who doesn't, reports the National Geographic. Anywhere from 10 to 50% of COVID cases are said to uh, suffer from some form of long COVID or lingering symptoms, yet scientists have been unable to understand so far a lot about what causes it. Some studies in the past have pointed to genetic or microbiome factors, but a new study that came out this month identified four risk factors, which, quote, virtually all long COVID sufferers had at least one of. So the factors are type 2 diabetes, measurable levels of uh, COVID RNA in the blood during initial uh, infection, circulating Epstein-Barr virus early in the infection, or a high level of autoantibodies. Of course, the antibodies and the RNA thing, people won't necessarily know about or be able to control, but if you have diabetes too or mono, maybe don't go to that concert. What are the four again? So the first one is type 2 diabetes. Sure. Which I get, and unfortunately, I'm working my way towards having due to my weight, but luckily I'm keeping it at bay. So what was the second one? So the second one is measurable levels of COVID RNA in the blood during the initial infection. And that is like, like if nothing. I have a cold and then I get COVID. Uh, it's specifically like it's specifically COVID-19 RNA. So, so it, like if, I don't get it. If I have COVID and then I get COVID, it's bad. Well, so for this one, it's. These are things that you can use to identify who is going to end up with long COVID, right? So if you get COVID and the doctors say, hey, there's a lot of this RNA in your bloodstream. Okay, gotcha. I got Then that means, okay, you are now very much, you're much more at risk to develop these these symptoms. Okay, so that's not really a symptom that can be checked ahead of time. That's like if you get COVID and there's a massive buildup in your system, you're going to have long COVID probably. Right. And auto, the high level of autoantibodies is kind of the same thing, but that's also something like if you have any problem. kind of autoimmune condition right. that can yeah. cause that. So that's and that's when I think a lot of people know if, if you have an autoimmune disease, then, you COVID. know, my wife had covid and she has autoimmune uh, issues and she has long covid, but luckily not uh, like a lot of people. Uh, right. She basically her taste and smell is still just not right from like six months ago i don't know so, if that counts as long COVID. i'm not trying it, to it does little, yeah you know people with because i do work with a guy who basically uh on and off will lose all energy like like he'll be back to himself and then uh one day he can't make it out to the mailbox and back without feeling like he's pushing himself and this is a guy who two years ago hiked to the top of mount kilimanjaro so he's not like right. you know wussy 
Yeah. So remember 10 to 50% of COVID cases, like that's a lot of cases, but I I looked into it because I'm like, that's crazy, but not all long COVID is like you're debilitated forever. It's if you have any kind of thing that lasts beyond the initial infection. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Counts as long COVID. And then that third one was mono. Uh, yeah, Epstein-Barr virus, um, which is what causes mono. So oh. if you've got that, then COVID can apparently linger. Well, there's an argument to keep your your uh, schools, because uh, isn't that where all the smooching, kissing diseases happen, is uh, in elementary schools? Oh, high school. Well, I don't, I don't know. I have I never heard of a grown-up having mono. And kissing in- That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Anytime I've ever heard of mono, it was 13 to 17. Oh, really? Okay. And that's well, my I, scientific expertise. I, I think you can get it as an adult, but it, I'm sure you it sounds like it's, it's one of those things that's much more common. So, right. yeah, which such people are generally much more resistant to COVID. So that's good then, I guess. But it's nice that they're working this out. Well, I can tell you this. Most people I've ever known to get mono are 13 to 17. So if ever I meet a grown up with mono, I'm going to wonder how they got. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. Is it can't it be? I thought it could be transmitted like via coughing and stuff. Yeah, Am but I that's wrong? not funny. That's not funny. Uh, OK, sorry. Yeah. Just stepping on your jokes here. Yeah, no, no, no. Funny stuff only. Reality is depressing, Kara. Give me some more reality. What's our next reality? Uh, so finally we have Ukraine. Oh, Christ. That's a Disgust. lot of reality. That's yeah. a lot of reality at once. <laughs> Sorry, Chauncey. You set yourself up for that there. Yeah. But geez, what is going on, right? You know, it's it's wild because the motivation, you know. Uh, I didn't think he was going to do it. I thought it was all posturing. I don't think he was going to invade. Well, I didn't even understand why it would be posturing. You know, what? what is the advantage of doing that? You're just all, we're just going to go bully the Ukraine for a little bit. Yeah, high fives, right on, that'll be cool. It's I thought like, it was posturing to get, like, NATO to, like, back off on some. Uh, I thought it was, there were, yeah, like, going to be guess. some unrelated negotiations. And he's like, I'll act crazy and that'll scare them into, you know, giving me what I want. But no, right. he's just crazy. <laughs> Which yeah, well, I those always, Ukrainians are not going down easy. No, they are not, which is good. And also, like, so it, he seems to think that Ukraine is just going to be pacified, right? That it'll just be part of Russia again. And like, maybe, but it seems way more likely that we're looking at, like, imagine if the U.S. went into Afghanistan and Afghanistan was, like, next door, Right. right. And then we spent 25 years fighting an insurgency there. That's what they've set themselves up for. Right. And it's it's hard to see how any of this is going to be ever good for Russia. Now, is it just me or when this first came out? I don't know what news sources you check or 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 privy to. Um, but um, is it just me or was Fox News sort of like holding back for the first couple of days in order to see what their their constituents their their watchers response was because i felt like all the other news were just all going like holy crap this is going on and this is a big deal and fox news was kind of holding back i felt like 
Yeah. I mean, I can't. I know that Tucker Carlson has been oh, very. Well, that guy's an idiot. Well, yeah, but he's been very. I mean, show me a right wing pundit and I'll tell you that they're an idiot. I think Carlson is worse than most, but he he has been very like Putin is not that bad. He's not a big deal. And he what he's doing is reasonable. So I and I think there is a segment of mostly the the sort of alt right who who like Putin and basically think that. So I think maybe Fox News, yeah, was didn't want to annoy those people but i don't know i again i i didn't actually like i'm not a follower of fox news so i don't really know what they've been saying you know how like an emperor is the god king of kings putin is like the god king of oligarchs he is like the dictator right. of oligarchs i mean in what world is the u.s like oh hey that guy's okay there's no world where where he's okay yeah. Now, other other people can be bad too, but this guy is bad. We all know it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. I think a lot of what I've heard about Putin has been very much like, oh, we don't like him, but we respect him, and we don't respect our president. It's it's been kind of like that. It's been kind of pro- approval of Putin's quote-unquote genius, even though I don't really think Putin is a particularly smart guy, has been used as sort of a cudgel to beat Obama and now Biden. But I, yeah. I think it hasn't really been. And I think in some segments, it has morphed into full-on, we really like Putin, but that's because those segments are like fascist adjacent. You know, yeah. of course they like Putin. Well, that's that's my question to listeners. It's like, you don't like Biden and that's OK. I mean, that's that's the way it goes of every four to eight years. You don't like the guy. Yeah, I don't really um, like Biden either. And, you know, but yeah, I'm not a so. huge fan. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan. I like him way more than Putin. Though. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like hard to find big fans of Biden. He more yeah, totally, inspires. Totally. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, he's the milk toast we needed after. God. After that spicy yeah. bean dip of Trump, I, I, you know. I like to put milk on my toast. It gives it some flavor. Yeah, you know? yeah. that's that's Biden. But I, I would ask any listener. Sure, you're opposed to Biden. Biden, you are opposed to him because he is the antithesis of everything you believe in. No, he's not. Putin is the antithesis of everything you believe in. Biden is just way off the mark in your opinion. Putin is actually the opposite <laughs> right. of what you believe in. Anti-free capitalism, anti-free elections, anti-voting uh, rights, anti-education choice, all those things that the right is arguing about. He's not your guy, you know? Yeah, I will say like Putin is definitely a capitalist. He's Definitely a crony capitalist. Well, right? I mean, he's a capitalist yeah. as much as somebody says I'm a capitalist where I'm going to rig the game so that only I win. I, I mean, that's every not capitalist. capitalist. No, no, no. <laughs> that's no. how every capitalist who has gone in charge be how has they behaved. Act or how they misunderstand the system, but that's not well, what that capitalism means, you know. <laughs> oh, well, we talked about this a few weeks ago. It's like. And we were talking about, you know, these communists weren't real communists. 
my opinion is, you know, if you're a com, if every communist has behaved in a certain way, that's what communism is. And I think that's true of capitalism, too. I think crony capitalism, regulatory capture. Yeah, they're not part of the theory, but it's inevitable. It's happened to every capitalist society. And I think, you know, you have to at some point say maybe that's just what capitalism is. Yeah. Yeah. This makes me want to talk about uh, a whole discussion about if people define what words mean uh, through their misunderstanding or if words just mean what they did and a bunch of people are wrong. But uh, I don't want to go there. I want to stick. I want to stick with the Ukraine and how people are feeling about it, you know, because. It seems like any time that there's like a big altercation with a foreign power, uh, World War Three gets thrown around. Right. You know, and um, and I think people are concerned about that. And yeah, but a lot of them seem kind of excited about it, too. You know, when we lived when we lived down in Reading, (laughs) when we lived down in Reading, uh, there were all the big fires. Right. And my daughter was unhappy living in Reading and she wanted her life to change. She wanted our house to burn down. She was she was basically hoping our house would burn down. So (laughs) so that there was an excuse for our entire lives to change. And so I think about people. Maybe they're doing that. I don't know. Yeah, I mean. People who are desperately unhappy are definitely going to be more likely to hope for big changes. So, it's, yeah, there's there's nothing unusual about that. But, you know, right before World War One, there was a lot of sentiment like, you know, men aren't men anymore. And a big war is just what we need to sort of teach the next generation how to behave and it'll be over by Christmas. We'll go off and have a wonderful little war and that's going to inject some juice into our society, some vitality. What happened instead is that entire generation basically got decimated and, you know, Europe lost a huge amount of money. America got a lot of money because of they had to act as creditors to Europe, you know, it completely destroyed their way of life, this thing they were looking forward to. So right. it's it's possible to be dumb. Well, not to mention, we also, you know, publicly lashed Germany leading to the rise of Hitler and the next generation being right. decimated as well, you know? Yeah, yeah. So although then again, I feel like not from World War One, but World War Two, you can definitely make the argument that like, for the people who lived, life was better after than before. Oh, like, absolutely. Definitely in Germany. Yeah. I mean, before World War II, uh, Germany was uh, poor. Like right. beyond yeah, poor. they, they like, weren't doing well. <laughs> yeah, like beyond poor. Like wheelbarrows of money to buy bread, you know, poor. Yeah. And, uh, well, I I don't even mean necessarily as much in Europe because, like, Europe in some ways was benefited, but in, I think, most other ways, Europe was, like, decimated for decades, you know, just because their infrastructure had been destroyed. But in the United States, like, inequality, for one thing, you know, compare the inequality of, like, the 20s and the 30s to the inequality of, like, the 50s, it's it's much, much less, because suddenly, you know, everyone, the GI Bill was like, if you're a white dude and you fought in the war, you get to go to college, you know, it led to really decades of prosperity. So I don't know. I think there is an argument that a a good world war can shake things up, but also it kills a lot of people. And we we can't have a world war today because we have nukes. 
World War shakes things up in the sense that we all better get well acquainted with the plow and the horse and how to use them. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't know what we'll end up doing. Do you see, what do you, how do you see this ending? Do you see it ending I, soon? I mean, I don't think they will lead to World War Three or anything. I get that out right now. You don't think I don't, what? I don't think it's going to lead to World War Three or anything. I okay. think. Well, I think cool. those have been very sort of dramatic predictions, and like, it, it's good to be worried about something that, although unlikely, would be tremendously consequential if it happened. Right? It, it's yeah. good to sort of have your mind on that so you can avoid it, but also, like, we're not going to go to war with Russia. If they invade a NATO state, then uh, I don't know. But it, I don't think Putin's oh, going yeah, to do they that. Invade NATO space, yeah. Right. Well, uh, for all the uh, listeners on the uh, conservative radio stations that we're on, you heard it here first. The millennial said it's not leading to World War Three. So you can yeah, relax. thank God. <laughs> I mean, I I have been wildly applauded for my general knowledge of all topics. So that's not true. <laughs> Wasn't I, it I just a nothing. few weeks ago that you were saying we shouldn't talk about anything except for the two things that we actually know about? Yeah. But it's talk radio, so yeah. I think yeah. as long as we repeatedly mention to our listeners, this is, you know, radio for and by dumb people. Right, yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> well, I, I think that's really what the world needs, you know, is basically normal people talking about stuff and not hating on each other while they talk yeah. about it, you know? And oh, we're like, just hating on the people who aren't in the room. Well, no, no, no. I, <laughs> I'm hating on Putin. Yeah. You know, I'm not hating on conservatives or anything like that. I mean, we all have family members. We have friends who are who are these people. We have to try to understand the other side. Putin, I got no I got nothing for Putin. Putin needs. Okay, I feel like usually I'm hating on conservatives, but you're like you're barely restraining me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, come on. You're young. That that is true. I am. And also, I don't you still don't have friends. I don't have friends or family who are conservative at this point, really. really? Except maybe Andrea. Yeah. <laughs> You're not even sure about her. Well, I'm not sure I, about her either. Frankly, she wears I, it pretty close to the chest. I'm not sure. Yeah, she it's like I'm not sure if she's me. conservative Christian or if she's like, you know, devil worship and liberal. I'm just not sure. Uh, and Andrea is unknowable, and I mean that's that's the way it should be. But like I. As far as like, like when I was 14, I had friends who were conservatives, but not now, <laughs> you know, I have 14 year old conservative. Well, right. Cause all of our, like, like it, it didn't matter what any of our opinions were. Cause we were all like, they were just our parents' opinions. Right. Oh yeah. Well, I but, was a kid in the nineties and we were listening to music about hating on Reagan. So I, I knew nothing about this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right there you go well i mean neither did we really but we talked about it i we talked about politics a lot in elementary uh, school and high school but like we didn't understand it our arguments were dumb and didn't make any sense but well, we thought they did you'll feel good <laughs> to know that even in your 40s when you go to the bar they're that too <laughs> right they something's dumb never and they don't make any sense and people are just pulling crap out of nowhere and referencing nothing is on all sides it is just the level of stupidity and and don't get me wrong i at least know i'm stupid that's the problem i know you know get in your lane you know know your place 
you're totally dumb. But no, nobody knows it. Yeah. So. So anyway, that's what we're doing on the on the radio. Yeah. But yeah, if you're I, liking it, if you're liking it, we're coming up on a commercial break right now. So stick around and you'll get more of this. Nothing. You're listening to Radio Wasteland. back to Radio Wasteland. Uh, Kara, why don't you tell me about a little mythology? All right. So today we're talking about foxes with nine or fewer tales in various Asian folklore, including the Kitsune in, Je- uh, in Japan and the Kumiho in Korea. In these myths, the more energy a fox spirit accumulates, the more tales it has up to nine. They can shapeshift, sometimes becoming a beautiful woman, and are were seen similarly to fair folk in Europe as mischievous spirits who sometimes did good and sometimes evil. The Korean version was generally more straightforwardly evil, preying on the specifically the livers of humans in order to increase their shape-shifting powers, and sometimes digging corpses out of graves to eat their organs. Also in the Korean version, the fox uses a magical marble to absorb human energy by sending it into the mouths of the humans, usually with a kiss while transformed, then pulling it back with their tongue. However, a human that swallowed the marble could gain a bit of that magical fox power and knowledge. It's said that a kumiho who gains enough energy by preying on humans can permanently become human and lose their evil character. Uh, And there are even to this day many Korean movies and TV shows about this, such as the 1994 horror film The Fox with Nine Tails and the 2010 drama My Girlfriend is a Gumiho. I can think of another movie that has these in it, a very popular movie. Uh, They're in Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they are. Yeah, they just show them briefly, but uh, they're in there. Yeah, I've always wondered what those little... There's also a Chinese version, actually, but it's it's really different. So I didn't I didn't go into it, but it's right. Basically, the thing it has in common is the nine tails, but otherwise it's it's very different. Yeah. And then, of course, you can't leave out the uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. uh, Of course, tails. Yeah. yeah. And also Pokemon. There's a Pokemon called Nine Tails, which is like it's just one of these. Like it's very blatant. It's just a fox with nine tails you know this has me thinking a lot about sort of the connections that we um have because of the internet you know the internet gets Mm -hmm. a lot of flack but i remember growing up in reading and the general consensus was that like styles didn't get to reading until five years after they were cool in the city and stuff like that and uh you know it's it's interesting that this information gets around immediately now, you know, and my friend John lived in China and he talked about four stories out of China. God, I'm stupid for not knowing this, but there are four stories out of China that are sort of the equivalent of, of the Bible and William Shakespeare here, you know, how you can trace most stories back to the Bible Mm -hmm. or William Shakespeare somehow. One is journey to the West 
which I'm sure we've all heard the name of, but apparently there's four of them. And uh, I always find these things really interesting, especially when I find like new media based on this old stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I don't even know if I should call it old stuff because to them, they they're watching new media based on it, you know, but to right, me, it's yeah. ancient history, you know, but if you come over here and be all, oh, it's new media based on Native American history, I don't think I would call it this old stuff. I would call, you know, uh, my lack of exposure to it. Um, and then, uh, you know, Japan, too, which is, you know, what we're talking about in Korea, you know, Korea, I think we're starting to get a lot of media and getting some of this stuff but yeah but uh frankly i i gotta tell you the west i'm a little played out on shakespeare and bible stories <laughs> you know well you know a lot of shakespeare's plots he did not make up they were things that were popular at the time he he wrote the plays you know he, well, i know they were historical what do you mean they were popular at the time? well like hamlet for instance he didn't make up the story of Hamlet, the story of like a prince of Denmark who sees a ghost and avenges like that. That was a book. There was oh, really? a book called Hamlet. Yeah, he he was basically a guy who did a lot of adaptations for stage. What? Yeah, no. Mind he, blown. Yeah, I, I think Romeo and Juliet was based on something. I think I can't remember if Macbeth was, but. Almost everything he he wrote was he was not a big a plot guy. He mostly was like, that's a cool story. I think I can do it really well on stage. And, you know, this made sense for the time because stage plays were sort of the equivalent of like blockbuster movies now. Oh, right. So right, it's like yeah. if a, if a if a story has made it like they'll they'll make a blockbuster movie. Well, they made stage plays. Right. So Shakespeare so. was like the uh, Harvey Weinstein at the time. Mm. I mean, <laughs> okay. uh, Steven Spielberg at the time. Yeah, he was more like the sort of the Steven Spielberg at the time. But the reason he's like groundbreaking for English speaking people is not a lot of people were writing in English before him. So mm -hmm. a lot. And he coined a lot of words, you know, before before then, people wrote in Latin, people wrote in French, like they talked to each other in English, but it was considered sort of gauche to actually write things down in English. Chaucer wrote in English. Um, and there were, there were some other contemporaries and stuff, but I think, I think a lot of Shakespeare was a genius undoubtedly, but I think the sort of mythic reputation he has isn't, isn't proportional to his level of genius. Right. It's right. a lot of it. I think is because he was the first to be writing in this language which happens to be the language of the people who later became like the dominant force on the entire planet. Right. So, right place at the right time then. Yeah. I'm, don't get me wrong. Shakespeare was real good at writing. As I, I don't know, many, man. There's, there's a lot of famous white of. dudes that have built their, <laughs> built their stuff on the shoulders of, of less fortunate uh, people. Elvis, uh, you know, Elvis is very much that. <laughs> Elvis is the one you went to? Well, oh, yeah, okay. I, I oh, see. he very I much see did, you know. Left a lot of people in the dirt after he took their songs, you know. No, yeah. So, to okay, also to be fair, Shakespeare was not, like, stealing indigenous, like, he was, he was taking stuff that was, like, well-known classics at the time, right? Right. Like, he, yeah. he, didn't, he didn't steal anything from anybody. All right, fine. I'll give him but, a break. I'm just really disappointed that uh, he uh, 
he, he like he's Hamlet. not the guy you know i'm yeah. i'm really disappointed uh you know he's a guy but he's not you know he's not a god of words or something well i hope a fox goes and digs him up and eats his liver <laughs> you know <laughs> and on that note all right you're listening to radio wasteland come on back next week it's gonna be crazy